Well, hello, White Sox fans. Welcome to another episode of White Sox Daily Live. My name is Ian Eskridge. I'm here with my co-host, Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Thanks, Cubs. That's how I'm doing right about now. It's been a fun couple of days here. Um, watching the White Sox absolutely bludgeon the Cubs on Sunday night baseball. Actually, I guess... Was it technically Sunday night baseball because it's on ABC? I got, I, it's got to be Sunday night baseball because it was on Sunday night, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was uh, a nationally broadcast game. So either way, I'll take it. We're getting a lot of uh, national attention here lately after uh, being mixed from a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, stats and whatnot. One particular Eastern Seaboard programming network that uh, left us out of many of their graphics uh but yeah people are taking notice and it's uh it's it's good to be uh it's good to be on top so the white Sox come out in game one against minnesota <laughs> tonight absolutely on fire A repeat of last night tim anderson solo shot eloy two-run shot it's like uh blueprint and i i kind of like the blueprint i'm not gonna lie that's uh <clears throat> You know, multiple runs in the first inning seems like a pretty good way to uh, get the ball rolling. Uh, I agree. I do like this blueprint. I think Eloy's going to hit like 35 if he keeps it up this way. You know, it's just uh, been dinger after dinger after going like two for 20-something in his uh, first few games back. Uh, He seems to have found a groove. And uh, he's not hitting cheap ones either. So uh, nice to see the ball flying off the bat really well. That first one was what, like four hundred and forty-five feet or something? I, you know, I don't know. I've seen like seven different numbers on that. Apparently, Statcast was broke and said it went three ninety-nine originally. Which, uh, you know, I think dead center at Target Field is like four hundred five. So we know that isn't it. And when you hit off the uh, the limestone above the batter's eye, that's a that's a monster shot. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean. Aloy comes back. Tonight we get Robert back. Um, you know, he's already got uh I don't know what they credited him with in that for that uh that second one that drove in Mancada. I don't know if that was a single or a double. Uh the one to uh right center. Is that a double? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh I don't know if it was it I mean honestly, if it wasn't an error, I would say it has to be a double, no. Uh, we yeah, have an appearance. I yeah, I mean they didn't try and throw it home to get Mankata, so I guess it would probably be a double, I suppose. Um, yeah, and then the other uh, the other time that uh, the first first at bat for Robert, he comes up and hits a sky high pop up, and then uh, our buddy, our good buddy Miguel Sano, playing that uh, that wonderful Gold Glove first base defense that we love so much, uh, helping helping the White Sox out a little bit to make it uh, four nothing. There's no more sticky stuff on that ball to help it, uh, you know, stick in his glove. I don't know. I, we're just, I'm making excuses here, but whatever. When the ball falls, it falls. When even things are going right and things are going your way, everything just seems to click. So I'll take it. Yeah. You know, actually, speaking of uh, being, being a, a smart, a smart ass and talking about the sticky stuff, a la uh, Josh Donaldson, who is um, not present at the moment. Um, I looked up his stats today against uh, Giolito 
and he's like two for 11 with uh, a single and a home run, I think. So it's not like, you know, he can talk all the smack he wants, but it's not like he's really hitting Giolito all that hard. I mean, he hit it, you know, that one home run, but I mean, realistically, I mean, you're batting, what, like 160, something like that? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes it's probably better to uh, just stay quiet and go out and do your job and stop worrying about everybody else and worry about yourself a little bit more. But, uh, you know, like you said, he's, uh, he's not currently present and, uh, he's not doing any damage today, whether or not he's done any damage in the past. Uh, the white Sox have done all the damage tonight. Yeah. Also not very good at keeping his mouth shut. That guy loves to talk. And, uh, for, you know, I resemble the... that remark. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm here with you every Monday night. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you haven't, uh, you know, you haven't called in with a, a calf strain or a, a quad yet. Right, 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 um, right. So uh, when you start doing that, then I'll start calling you out on it. But uh, I do have guy... the abrasion, the occasional brain cramp in the middle of uh, <laughs> in the middle of a of a stream here. But uh, yeah, uh, I am not uh, not going to call out uh, our other streamers and podcasters. Uh, you know. Because uh, I don't want anybody looking at my stats necessarily. <laughs> I'll get you a uh, I'll get you a brace for your for your head, so uh, you can help yourself out there and you give know, yourself that, a little support. Uh, that uh, Canapolis Intimidators brace you got going on your head today uh, that's uh, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet yep, stuff. Yeah, it is now. Uh, you know the defunct, you know old name of our uh, now beloved uh, Canapolis Cannonballers who. Over the last week, have just gotten worked by the uh, the Brewers A Ball Club, the uh, Carolina Mudcats. Um, actually, this uh, this guy Joey Weimer on the Mudcats uh, raised his batting average. I want to say like fifty points just over the last six days, or you know, over the six days of the uh, of the series, and got promoted to their uh, advanced A team. The uh, Timber Rattlers, I believe. Um, yeah, he uh, he put a hurting on the uh, on the ballers this week, and it was uh, it was pretty rough to watch. I will say one thing that I am stoked about is finally get to see a Winston Salem Dash game for the first time in two weeks. Um, they're finally playing against a you know playing playing at home, so now we don't have to think about them playing somebody that doesn't have cameras at their stadium. All of the yeah, uh, which still to this day baffles me how you know parts of double A baseball and you know single even single A baseball. We talk about Winston Salem and we talk about advanced A ball. I mean, you know, I get maybe these aren't the uh, the biggest stadiums in the biggest uh, towns, but uh, they are still major league affiliated teams. You would think they've got you know at least enough money for one or two. I don't know, you know. Uh, old uh, you know, Betamax cameras or something. I don't know. You know, can we can we get a, a tripod and a and a thirty five millimeter video camera or something? Yeah, I just went to uh two two weeks ago ish. Went to a uh, Schaumburg Boomers game, and sure enough, they had uh three tripods with uh, handheld cams. You know, positioned in various spots. And they broadcast their stuff online. So if 
the Schaumburg Boomers are doing it um, with no major league affiliation. Um, there is no excuse for uh, the Grasshoppers, uh, who are an affiliate of the Pirates, and I don't know who the uh, Tourists or Travelers or whatever, whatever their team name is. They got some silly name with a T, but uh, um, they got no excuse. And uh, I don't know uh, for everybody that is uh, listening slash watching. Um, listening to this on the podcast, uh, Sly Dano, uh, friend of ours, uh, does some uh, minor league scouting stuff. Um, he went to Asheville this last week and dropped a, a knowledge bomb that uh, apparently Babe Ruth played at that stadium. Um, you know, not in its current format, uh, considering it looks like uh, you know any other minor league baseball park, but. Uh, it's been around forever, and the fact that they still don't have cameras is uh, twice as baffling, really, uh, to me. Indeed. So, um, anyway, uh, back to uh, tonight's wonderfulness. Um, Giolito back out on the mound and looking like the pitcher that uh, that we hope to see for the rest of the season. Um I do have to point out the first inning, I noticed a little something, and I think maybe he got a little bit of a talking to, and maybe it's just me, uh, but I was watching the game, I guess with what you call real time, through the uh, through the old uh, cable lines there, no coax coming through the wall. But uh, first inning, it looked like to me he, he might have been what uh, they talked about last game. They were talking about him tipping pitches possibly when he got banged up a little bit. Yeah. First inning to me looked like he was doing a little bit of the same. He, his delivery was different. He only, he didn't throw the change up at all in the first inning, but the slider, the curve and the fastball all had different uh, release points. Uh, and he was pulling his arm back on the fastball, which to me looked like he was almost trying to throw a dart, you know, or he does that kind of thing. Instead of following through, he just kind of pulls the arm back and, uh, I had mentioned it in one of one of my other chats, and I uh, told the guys to keep an eye on it. He came out the second inning; it looked fantastic. Even though he got through the first inning really well, there was something that I was keeping an eye on. But man, for the rest of the game, kids been dealing like nobody's business. Didn't give up a hit until uh, early in the fifth inning. So, kudos to him. Like to see a lot of, a lot more of that throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so. Uh... Back to this weekend, um, forget uh, exactly exactly what the numbers were, but uh, White Sox were the first team to get uh, what was it more than eight home runs and more than forty five strikeouts from from their starting pitching or from their pitching in a three game series. First team to ever do that, uh, really impressive, um, and. Uh, I mean, you just got you got to give it to uh, to Lynn Cease and Rodon. I mean, they were dealing out there the entire we- the entire weekend. I mean, you know, Cease. You know, we've had this uh, conversation before. You know about his uh, his command, and uh, it's definitely something that he needs to work on. Um, his uh, I think I think I looked yesterday, and he was fourth in the AL in walks allowed. Um, that is correct. I did see that as well. Yeah, and if you, you know, continue to give up bases on balls, it's not. It's never a good thing. And you know, it kind of seems to be with him. It's 
always, whoever he walks, those guys always score. Always. It's like there, it there's. It does happen quite a bit. It's insane. You know, it's like yesterday he walks two guys and they both score. And then he walks a guy uh, a couple innings later and he scores that run is, you know, the guy that walks scores. As, you know, it's just, it's like, it's like clockwork. You know, if he's, you know, if he's walking guys, they're always crossing home plate. And it's, uh, it's pretty maddening, really. You know, I mean, uh, the kid's got all the talent in the world. I mean, you can see it. And he's just, he is so much better than he was last year. And I want to say, I haven't looked. I can't, I actually, this one thing I should look at is, uh, what his, um, per start what his walks per nine were last year compared to walks per nine this year. I haven't looked at that, and that's something that uh, would be interesting, I think, to see. I think he is doing slightly better with that this season than he was last year. Um, and, you know, I think it was uh, – I forget who it was. Maybe it was uh, Jeff Passan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but uh, mentioned that last year, you know, his uh, – like his FIP was like some absurd number when you're looking at his ERA. His ERA doesn't look too bad, but his ERA this year is like almost exactly the same. However, his uh, his peripherals have uh, sunk down closer to his uh, to his ERA. So that's 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 nice to see. Um, he's obviously improved as a pitcher. I mean, you can see the growth. It's just that you know there's steps that need to be taken to uh to get him up over the hump and get him into uh frontline starter mode, you know, where he's not uh giving free passes away, you know, three, four times a game. Oh, it's pretty obvious that when he's on, he's on. Uh but like you said, when those moments come up and uh oh we have another run scored here in the top of the seventh. Uh Jose Brio coming home. On Brian, uh, Brian Goodwin. There you yeah. go. So Awesome. Nine nothing now in the top of the seventh with two outs. Uh, but anyways, I was saying, uh, you know, you just want to see a little bit more consistency from him because obviously his stuff is there. His stuff is good. And, you know, when he's on, he's near untouchable. And uh, we saw that this weekend. We've seen that in quite a few starts this year. Uh, but like you said, the free pass just seems to come back and bite him almost every time. So. Hopefully he gets that cleaned up. You know, the, the good thing is, is he's still a young kid. This is only his first, you know, full major league season, uh, you know, after a COVID-shortened 60-game season last year. So uh, I expect that we're going to see a lot more improvement from Dylan Cease, and he's going to be a fixture in the rotation for many years to come. Yeah, uh, a lot of talk uh, I've heard in the last uh... – 24 hours after last night's game was geared, you know, towards Dylan Cease and Aloy Jimenez uh, coming from Cubs fans. And uh, they're not thrilled right now after watching that uh, that display last night. And I could imagine that uh, watching the display put on by Aloy tonight that they're, you know, also Even not less happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been... Well, like uh, we uh, we started the show, I said, uh, thanks, Cubs, and I'll say it again for uh, two nights in a row with uh, two home runs and five RBIs for uh, Aloy Jimenez. So, yeah, 
thanks. Thanks a lot. Cause, uh, I think this is going to be a show that we're going to be watching for a long time, long time. Yeah. I, you know, and the thing was, you know, I don't necessarily blame them for what they did because without Quintana, they don't make the playoffs that year. So that part I understand, but, uh, you know, given their lack of homegrown pitching talent over the last 10 years, really, um, actually longer than that, but, uh, you know, giving up on cease is, is got to be a hard, you know, hard one to swallow for Cubs fans. And then, uh, you know, obviously the Aloy thing (laughs) and seeing what he's, you know, every time he plays at Wrigley, he just is crushing the ball every time. You know, there's gotta be Cubs fans out there going, imagine if he played, you know, 81 games a season here. Imagine if he played 81 games a season there. I'm sure that basket would be overflowing with little white balls. Um, speaking of that basket, uh, I did happen to catch a uh, a fantastic little tidbit on on uh, the the Twitter earlier today, and it was uh, two two guys fighting out in the uh, outfield, and uh, a White Sox fan pushed a Cubs fan into the basket. <laughs> uh, no. It is humorous. Um, but, These uh, things you know, tend to I happen wanna, during the Crosstown series, you know? Yeah. I don't want to encourage that kind of thing. I don't want to be that kind of guy, but it made me laugh. You know, you can you can find some humor in a, in a bad situation every now and again. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I won't hold it against you. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of... Uh, Things that were not entirely pleasant. Um, Craig Kimbrell uh, giving up that uh, that bomb to uh, tie the game on was that was that Friday? Friday? Or was that Saturday? I can't remember. I think it was it was Friday. Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday. Friday. It was Friday because Friday was the uh, late inning explosion game where we finally did win ten eight in the yeah. tenth inning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, that was not pleasant. Um, looked like he had kind of uh, lost his release point and everything was coming in high. And uh, that didn't work out so so hot. And, uh, yeah, that one was kind of kind of rough to watch. I heard some, uh, some rumblings as silly as you would think. You know, it's completely silly, but uh, people saying that he was a double agent. Serving up his buddies on the other yes, side. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because he certainly certainly doesn't want to uh, stick it to the team that traded him. He wants to uh, give them home runs for free. So, yeah. But right. uh, yeah, that was uh, that was no bueno. But um, you know, Lynn in that game was fantastic. Uh, came out. Um, I think he came out after the sixth inning. Uh, no, he can't, or did he come out in that? I'm trying to remember. I know that he came, I think he came back out for the seventh for one batter and walked a guy and then got That's yanked. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That kind of, th- that game was, uh, Actually, I think that was the sixth though, was it not? Uh, I don't remember. I thought it was the seventh that he got, uh, that he gave it, up the leadoff way, walk was, and then, it was uh, a leadoff walk and immediately got yanked. Yeah. And then Kopech came in and, uh, if I remember correctly, also walked a guy. 
and uh, gave up a run, I think, on a sacrificed fly or something like that. Um, but uh, that that one that thing kind of had I, I kind of had like one of those. You know, I've been trying to be really uh, fair and even to uh, TLR um, and not be one of those guys that's just, uh, you know, jumping off on him because he's an old guy or I didn't like the hire, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I have to say um, he had like close to 90 pitches or 85 pitches or something like that. And there was a guy on second and third with two outs, and he ended up hitting for himself. And, I, you know, I know that in Milwaukee that he got that hit to drive in a couple of runs. Like, I get that. Um, but with how contentious that game was, to me it seemed like a, a strange spot for him to let the pitcher hit. Yeah, it just seemed <laughs> kind of strange. And then, uh, then he came out for the next inning, and he got through the next inning fine. But then to bring him out in the seventh, I mean, the only thing I can figure is that they really liked the the matchup that uh, was the first batter in the seventh inning, who I can't remember off the top of my head who it was. But um, I the only thing I can figure is that they really liked that matchup, and that's why he came out. Because I don't see, you know, with 100 pitches, he's not, you know, he's not going to continue, you know, for too long at a hundred pitches, you know, like he's not going to go through the inning unless he, you know, gets you somebody out on one pitch. 200 pitches a game. Isn't that, uh, it wasn't that the thing on him. He's, he's durable, going to get you more innings and going to throw more pitchers than just about anybody in the league. And that thing? yeah, no, yeah. You know, he loves no, that. You know, he's going to drive in runs for himself while we're at it too. We're just going to do that every game. Yeah. You know, I, I get what you're saying. And, uh, you know, unfortunately that is, usually not going to be the case and i have to agree with you i think there comes a moment where you got to say okay it's getting late innings let's get somebody with a little bit of offense in there in that situation and let's give the guy a rest do we have to pitch him 120 innings or 120 pitches every outing you know this guy he he is he is the the absolute workhorse in baseball not just on the white Sox club and uh it looks like as of right now the white Sox are uh they're kind of they're they're prepared for a long postseason run, and uh, I would much rather see this guy be pulled in the right situations. Let him get a little bit of a rest. Let you know take some stress off that shoulder and that elbow, and uh, you know get him some run support. Yeah, it just seemed like a you know it just seemed like a um, just kind of a strange a strange thing, you know, and. Uh, you know, you bring in, you know, like I said, you bring in Kopech and then he walks a guy as well. And it's just like, you know, he's not starting off with a clean inning and you're putting him in like of a, a kind of a strange situation, you know. I mean, not not a bad one per se, but, you know, it just it's kind of one of those ones where I was like, hmm, you know, like I don't want to. Hmm. Yeah, I don't, like I said, I'm trying not to be negative and I don't nah, know. We- yeah, I don't know if it would have been any different, you know, had had uh, you know, he had somebody come and pinch hit, you know, it could be that somebody comes in and pinch hits and just grounds into a, you know, a, a 6-3, you know, or 5-3 or something, you know, something easy, you know, could could be, you know. But it, it very well could be. And you know, we have 
we've done our fair share of, of beating up on TLR mostly early on in the season. Uh, we've kind of backed away from that as of late and, uh, you know, the show would never change if we were to continue down that road. But, uh, yeah, there's still those moments every now and again, where you just kind of scratch your head and go, what happened there? And, uh, like you said, I don't want to beat up on it too much, but you know, those moments are going to keep coming and we're going to keep questioning them. And, uh, I, you know, that's pretty much all I got. Cause, uh, you know, I don't want to keep going down that road. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you know, like we have no idea whether, you know, any different, uh, scenario happens if, you know, he does pinch hit for him and he doesn't come out or whatever, you know, for the, for the next inning. I, I have no idea. It's just kind of one of those ones where, I was just thinking about it, you know. It seemed it seemed just a little bit off, especially given you know, the, the situation. That's one of those situations where you're going to get the stands come out and say, "Well, you know, it doesn't matter. The White Sox came out on top in the tenth inning, and blah 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 blah." And you know, I get it. We're not MLB managers. We're not MLB talent scouts. We are just a couple of guys sitting in front of a computer screen, talking to a handful of people about what we think. And yeah, yeah, that's all true. But uh, I would like to say that uh, both you and I and the rest of the guys here at uh, White Sox Daily are, uh, you know, pseudo students of the game. And, you know, we like to pay attention to these things. And, you know, these are just the kinds of things that you're going to talk about and break down every now and again. And, you know, it's unfortunate that you have to continue seeing these situations play out, whether they're weird or whether they're warranted. You know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't think no matter who the manager is that we're ever not going to question something. So there's that. Yeah. See, that's that's all, that's another thing that kind of gets me is, you know, the uh, as as you mentioned, the stands. Um make it seem like it's a uh an exclusive thing just to just to him and that if somebody else was the manager we wouldn't be doing the exact same thing we would you know? right um you know and it's like uh you know everybody you know you hear oh well you know hindsight's 2020 well yeah hindsight's 2020 but we're talking about it as it's happening so it's not really hindsight it's right right now sight <laughs> you know like i'm looking at it with my eyes and saying why why are we doing this um you know but uh, you know the White Sox end up sweeping that series, and uh, had, yeah, I mean Rodon uh, was at uh, eleven Ks in five innings or something like that. Um, Dude's a beast. Yeah, he's um, a beast. And uh, you know, not to say it again, but uh, there were a couple of us right here, right, right here, right there. Yeah, a couple of us kind of made that prediction uh, early this year. If he stays healthy, uh, look out. And uh, so far, so good. So um, the White Sox have Dallas Keuchel. And I've heard lots of talk about, uh, you know, from Han saying that Kopech's going to be in the starting rotation next year. Okay. So... You have Carlos Rodon, who's going to be a free agent. Um, what do you do? Uh, well, we just uh, extended Lance Lynn recently. 
uh, which I, you know, that was one of those things that we also talked about. We kind of hoped that that might happen had he produced the way we uh, expected or hoped he would. And uh, it did happen. So it makes that, uh, it makes that trade for him a little bit more tolerable after giving up all those years of control. Um, you have Lucas Giolito, who is under contract for a few more years. Dallas Keuchel, uh, is he still under contract for one, or is that an option here? Uh, so I'm looking at it right now. He is an unrestricted free agent in 2024. Uh, and so he's got a, one more year. It's actually, and then it's a, and then so 20, 2024 is a vesting option. Uh, with 320 innings pitched across 2021 and 2022, and then 160 in uh, 2022. So, okay. yeah, so I don't know what, uh, yeah, this is a strange contract, but I, I, so, I mean, he's here for at least know, next year. Yeah. So, okay. I've watched Keuchel. You've watched Keuchel. Um, yeah, he has. Uh, he hasn't been as solid as he has been in the past. He hasn't been bad, but in the number terrible. one rotation. Yeah, no, in the number one rotation in, in the American League right now. Uh, is it in baseball at the moment? Might be. The number one I starting. Think I think it's second in baseball, first okay. in the AL. I think maybe it's okay. second in the AL. I, anyway, it's really one of good. the top two or three. One of the top two, three, four starting rotations in the game. Let's just say that. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's he's gone through some ups and downs this season. He's had some really great games. He's had some some clunkers, uh, and we've talked about this a lot the last you know three or four streams that we've done and he's kind of leaving pitches out over the plate when he does that he gets hit pretty hard so yeah i mean if you're gonna bring michael kopek in who has been absolutely solid out of the pen this season and if he is you know supposedly stretched out and ready to go for the long haul next year and he can do what he's doing out of the bullpen this year you have to kind of take the young kid who is your first round draft pick that everybody's been talking about for God knows how many years now. And I'm sorry for how many, when did, when did they get him? I mean, it's been, who's that Rodon Kopech. Oh, Kopech uh, was 2000. Uh, his first season was 2017. Cause he was uh, right. So picked uh, up yeah, in the uh, winter meetings after 2016. Right, right. There you go. So, uh, I would have almost have to think that you know, I remember I we went to his very first game, pitched my wife and I with a couple friends of ours, and was that a game that I ran into you at? Did did you and uh, I? Uh... I don't think so because we were sitting. Uh, uh, we were sitting in the uh, club level. We were uh, big balling it. So. I've run into you at a few games. We've had we yep. sat and had or two uh but uh yeah i just remember the, the excitement and the thrill that came because we'd heard so much about this kid and now you know after him going down with the tommy john and missing a bunch of baseball 
Uh, and then, you know, the, the whole COVID thing and all the things that people said about him and his reasons for, uh, you know, opting out last season. Uh, but what he's shown this year, I would almost, you have to just, you have to give this kid a shot at the rotation. And you're right. I think Dallas Keuchel is the odd man out next year. So what do you do with him? Is That's what real- I'm saying. Is, is he is he tradable in the offseason? Is he part of a package deal? You know, we, there's a lot of different routes you can go down. Uh, and I'm sure that we will be talking about, you know, whatever holes they need to be filled uh, come the offseason. Uh, if the Sox don't go all the way and take the big, uh, the big flag trophy home with them, you know, people are automatically going to be talking about there's a hole here, there's a hole there. You know, something fell apart in the playoffs that didn't quite go our way. And, uh, you know, I think maybe you're right. Dallas Keuchel is probably going to be one of those first guys that you're talking about dealing away to make some kind of move to get something in return to fill whatever holes we need to fill. You know, right now it looks like uh, right field, maybe backup catcher are some of the places where uh, the White Sox have some slight weaknesses. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the reason why I bring this up is you've got a left-handed pitcher who throws 100, is striking out uh, somewhere in the, uh, at least in the last, I don't know, uh, you know, there was the two dead arm games or whatever, but in the five that don't include those two, I think he's striking out like something like 20 per nine or something like that. Uh, Carlos Rodon is finally putting up those numbers that you were looking for. And I've heard from a lot of people that they don't trust him and that he's just going to get hurt again. Um, I don't know, man. I don't – how if he continues to do this – and, I mean, say they don't win the World Series, you know, whatever – like, if you let a guy that throws like that walk and he's having a season like that to keep Dallas Keuchel, that to me seems like a uh, a bad business decision and a uh, bad pro personnel decision as well if you – are essentially losing that one to keep, you know, to keep Keuchel on. I, you know, I don't have anything against Keuchel. Keuchel's been fine, you know, but, I mean, we saw it in his last season with the Astros, and, you know, we've seen him do it again this season. And, I mean, next year he might be, you know, he might have, you know, the, the year that he had last year. But Rodon if he continues to do what he's doing right now and say that that's where he is now with the mechanical changes, with uh, driving with his legs, and with finally being healthy, if you let that walk, to me that seems like a really, really bad decision. I think that would be another uh, pitchforks and torches kind of moment. Uh, for White Sox fans, because this is a guy who, I mean, going back to, you know, I, and I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but 
you know, to, uh, to go back early in the season, he's been throwing like that since pretty much the start. And, uh, it didn't take very long for some Sox fans to start talking about, you know, the Cy Young award for a guy who has gone through as much as he has over the last few years and all these injuries and all these different things and throwing through pain and not being the guy that the white Sox had hoped he would be when they drafted him first. Uh, you know, and now here we are, we're in the middle of August and, uh, you know, we're about, I don't know, six, seven, six, seven, eight weeks away from the playoffs and he's still doing what he has always set out to do in the pitcher that he's, you know, claimed he is and, and scouts claimed he was going to be, uh, you know, he's, he's going to be in those Cy Young talks. He's going to be in the AL Cy Young talks. Whether or not he wins the award, he's going to be in the conversation. And if you let that go, and and then now here's the other kicker too. And we've talked about this uh, before the season started, you and I did. And uh, we continue to talk about it a little bit into the season. He signed for $3 million. That's $3 million. You're not going to get him for that next year. You know, there's no way. There's no way. So how much do you pay him next year? What kind of contract do you offer him? Do you try to keep him? Do you try to keep him pinned down with his injury history and, and give him a short contract? You give him a lot more money, but you give him a short contract there. Is that even going to work? Is that going to keep him around? These are all big questions surrounding him. But the, the, the reality is, is no, I, me personally, if I'm Rick Hahn or anybody in his, his, uh, Oh, Miguel Sano breaks up the, uh, Breaks up the uh, the uh, shutout here with a dinger to deep left field, but anyways, um, you know you can't let a guy who's in the Cy Young conversation go away to keep Dallas Keuchel, who is aging and his past is prime and hasn't really looked like the pitcher that he was when he was Mister Cy Young himself in in the Cy Young conversation year in year out. Uh, I, I just can't see that happening. Just seems like a you know, and I, I mean, we know we've seen what they've done, uh, building up the, uh, the farm and everything, but this is one of those guys that you know, you drafted, to be the guy, and now he's finally becoming the guy, and then you let him walk. I don't know. This is one of those ones that's uh, a really, really difficult, uh, a really difficult decision. You know, he was always thought of as uh, as an ace. You know, they thought that he had ace potential, and now he's showing you that ace potential. It it would be a tough pill to swallow if that were to happen. Yeah, so, and uh, you know, I know we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves with all this, but uh, you know, like you said, playoffs are coming, and these are all questions that are going to be there. Now, here's the good thing about this: is yeah, Dallas Keuchel isn't hasn't been awesome but these are good problems to have yeah i'll say yeah. that yeah this is not the the white Sox team of 2017 and 2018 that was just really 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 hard to watch really hard to watch yeah we got uh seven zella in the in the chat says uh you think he takes less than market value to stay and you know we've had this conversation before is that 
he had the option to make uh, – I know he had at least the option with the Cubs to make more money uh, this season, and he opted to stay with the White Sox. Now, with what he's doing now, I certainly don't think that he's going to take, you know, like a uh, some crazy hometown discount, you know, of like $6 million or something like that. Um I mean, to be honest, I mean, who knows at this point, you know? I mean, it could, you know, I know that one of the main reasons that he stayed here is because he wanted to prove to uh, the White Sox that they didn't make a mistake, and he wanted to, you know, show himself that he was, you know, he could he could do it, and he is doing it now. So the question is, is that now, you know, does he push for max value knowing that this is going to be his one shot at you know getting insane money or does he sign uh one of those uh white socks type type deals where it's not necessarily max value but it's really good money over you know f- you know three four years i mean we we've also heard the uh the thing that uh jerry doesn't like to spend for pitching so, I mean, like, where is this going to go? You know, I mean, do the – here's here's also another thing, and I know that this sounds insane watching what we're watching right now, but we've got a lot of right-handed pitching. This is true. This is true. You know, and I know with his injury hist- his injury history and everything that it sounds insane to keep – Rodon and trade one of the right-handers, whether it be, you know, Giolito or Kopech or whatever. But, you know, knowing that we have a wealth of right-handed arms, I know it, you know, like I'm saying, I know how That's stupid a tough this conversation, sounds. too. <laughs> I, you, no, I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's... That's but, a tough conversation. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean... He's a lefty, and he throws 100 miles an hour with one of the nastiest sliders you'll ever see. And uh, and now he's finally figured out, you know, his command issues. He's figured out, you know, durability I think a big issues. part of this puzzle, too, though, is, is that his injury history will probably limit the type of money that he can get. Yeah, this is going to be his chance to probably get paid the most in his career. Although I don't see him getting some kind of astronomical monstrous contract, I don't see him getting uh, a long-term contract just because of that that injury history. I, teams are going to be a little gun shy about offering him, you know, four five-year deals. Uh, I think his best bet might be like a three-year deal and throwing a, a team option or a vesting option in at the end, like we talked about with Dallas Keuchel a little while ago. Um. You know, it's kind of a, a what have you done for me lately type back end of a contract where, you know, you have to throw so many innings and be so productive if you want to keep playing for this money. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you know, again, you can't just let a guy who's in young contention walk away without offering him something of value. Uh, and, you know, maybe... We talk about Jerry Reinsdorf a little bit here just in the last couple of minutes. Maybe, maybe pulls the, you know, 
the Jerry Reinsdorf special where, you know, if you take a little bit of a, a team discount for us, we'll keep you in the White Sox family for the rest of your life. You know, we'll offer you some kind of ambassadorship or some kind of, you know, cushy office job or whatever it is to keep you around, put you in a broadcast booth somewhere, whatever, whatever they do to keep guys happy and keep them, you know, within the organization after they retire and keep the money flowing in their direction. You know, that's always a possibility, but this is not one of those situations where I envy Rick Hahn and uh, his crew because, you know, it's easy to fall in love with all of these guys and all the talent that you've got and the, all the guys that you traded for and you built this farm system up and you built this team that people have been talking about for the last four years where it was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And now it's here. And there is going to come a point where we're not going to be able to keep all of these guys, you know, whether it's Rodon, whether it's Tim Anderson, whether it's Juan Mancata, you know, then you've got uh, Eloy and, and Lewis Robert are, you know, they're locked up for a few more years, but you know, come 2024, when a lot of these contracts start coming up, somebody's going to get lost in the mix. So uh, I hate to see it be like you said, really talented left-handed pitching when you're so stacked from the right right arm side of the mound. So, yeah, I don't know. Difficult, difficult uh, decisions and conversations to be had. Yeah, Sevenzella says uh, Kopech may be restricted next season, too, with his current load. Yeah, I mean, I semi-agree with that. I don't see him, you know, going 200 innings, that's for sure. Um, you know, besides the fact that 200 innings at this point is, uh, you know, unicorn type things like Lance Lynn's like one of the only, you know, one of the only few guys to actually be doing something like that. Um, the side of that coin is Kopech has been really, I mean, he's been so good out of the bullpen that now you put him in the rotation and you've got to replace that piece in the bullpen as well. You know, uh, is Craig Kimball and Liam Hendricks and Bummer and, you know, all these guys, are they going to be the back end of the rotation for the next few years? You Will you take Kopech and Crochet out of that mix? And those are arms you've got to replace. So, yeah. it, you know, just another thought. It may, I mean, if you can get another year out of Kopech in the, the back end of the pen or even as your, your long reliever to stretch them out even further, Maybe that's how you work that situation out. I really don't know. And as we're talking about this, uh, Yoan Mankata, solo jack. Deep. So, uh, you know, I don't know. There's there, there's so, you know, we've, we've talked about this before that we knew eventually that there's going to be some sort of a roster crunch coming, you know. And the, the question is, is who's going to get, who's going to get lost in the shuffle? And, uh, you know, do you continue to use uh, prospect capital to uh, get things done that you need to get done, like the Cesar Hernandez deal, the uh, uh, Craig Crimble, um, Ryan? Well, Tupper that's deals. just it. That's just it. I mean, it. You know, obviously the front office has shown their uh, willingness to part with you know a player that maybe many of us fell in love with uh, rather quickly because you know it was homegrown drafted by the White Sox talent when they got rid of Nicky Madrigal. But, you know, either way, they showed us that, you know, they were willing to make the moves 
to build themselves a contender. So there's going to be some moves that we're all going to go, what in the actual F just happened? We're going to lose somebody that we all love, and we have you know guys that have come up through the minor league system with our team, and you've been wanting and waiting for, and uh, you know you're just going to have to uh, deal with it. That's that's baseball, folks. There's going to be some there's going to be some tough moves, but at the end of the day, you know we look at Nikki Magical. A lot of people are already uh, getting over that with some fine play by uh, Cesar Hernandez. And now that you've got a couple other guys coming back healthy in, in Lewis and Aloy, especially what Aloy's been doing the last couple of games here, people are kind of forgetting about that. You know, they're looking at a White Sox contender. We're still talking about going for it this season. So, you know, if you're winning, it's going to take the sting out of some of those moves as well. I think Rick Hans, uh, you know, he's a very, very uh, business-oriented and winning-oriented GM, and he's going to make the right decisions down the line. Hey, single for Luis Robert on a sinker outside, which is a beautiful thing to see, seeing him hit an outside breaking ball. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting couple of seasons coming up here. You know, just seeing what happens with these, you know, with all these prospects that we've got, and you know, today, uh, you know, with the flurry of uh, roster moves with uh, Luis Robert coming back. And um, now... Yeah, Gavin Sheets goes down. Yeah, Gavin Sheets goes down. And they release uh, Luis Gonzalez. Uh, who Which had to be done because they had to make room for Robert the spot, on yeah. the 40-man spot. So... Yeah, uh, it and, was. You know, know, it was not just going to be one of those moves where you send one guy down and bring one guy up. Luis Robert was on a sixty-day IL, so you had to open up a forty-man spot. And then, uh, go on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're well, I mean, he's got. He's got a, say. Yeah, he's got a shoulder injury that uh, requires surgery. So uh, Which is supposed to happen tomorrow or the day yeah, after. It's, I'm next, sure. it's next week, but yeah, I mean, next he's week. having he's having shoulder surgery, so he's done for the season. Um. You know, there's uh, talk already Which, mentioned by James Fegan, you know, that he might do the uh, Tyler Johnson thing and resign after he gets DFA'd. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like you're going to start seeing these guys uh, that have been around for a while. You're going to start seeing some of those guys disappear, whether it be being DFA'd, uh, whether it be, you know, just walking and, you know, walking in free agency because – They've been around for so long and haven't done anything that uh, that they just disappear and go play for somebody else, or they're going to get traded, you know. And you know, obviously, as you've seen this year, you're going to see, you know, promotions as well. Um, interested to see, you know, like uh, I know that this uh, upcoming uh, winner is going to be a uh, rough one because I know that there's a lot of guys that are uh, Rule Five eligible coming up this season. It's going to be hard um, to protect them all. Yeah, no, there's no way they're going to be able to protect them all. And I like I think uh Romy Gonzalez is rule 5 eligible this year if I remember correctly. Oh, and he's been mashing. Yeah, he's been hitting mashing. the ball well. I mean, you know, he's I mean, he's in like 265 or something like that, so his average has kind of come down a little bit, but I mean, he's still um his slugging percentage is still is still good and uh you know, he plays uh, a bunch of different positions, so that's going to be a guy that you don't want to lose. It's kind of like um, 
it's kind of like, uh, let me think here, kind of like Danny Mendick-ish, but with a little bit more power. You know, kind of that thing, but a little bit more well-rounded uh, as a po- you know, like uh, meaning that um, he has played outfield quite a bit in uh, in the minors, so he might be a little bit more uh, pliable for uh, you know the role that you need to use him in for a uh, super utility guy. Um, but uh, I mean, there's just there's there's going to be a bunch of guys, you know, that are ready to. Uh, that are ready to go and it's unfortunate, you know, but, uh, the good thing is, is that, you know, over since, since 2016, when we, uh, finally did the, uh, well, I guess Collins was 2016, but I guess going into the 2017 winter meetings, the 2016 slash 17 winter meetings, you know, it's like, since that happened, that farm system has been rising and they kind of, they kind of, uh, you know, made it top heavy, but the good thing was, is that they started filling out the lower side. So the floor rose, you know, it wasn't such uh, garbage on, on the lower level, the floor rose. Now, I mean, granted, you know, when you've got like Mankata and Aloy and Cease at the top, your, uh, and Robert, your, your ceiling is going to be really high but it's going to be very top heavy but the thing was is that where the system started is it was so low that they rose you know the, the floor got raised quite a bit with the guys that they filled in and they've done a really you know decent job at you know building a farm system that has maybe not necessarily uh the 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 finest talent um from some of these guys but i mean it's at least uh, competitive, uh, decent guys sprinkled in there that are finding their way up to the surface. And, right. Uh, and then the, the cool thing about all that is, too, is when you're top-heavy like that, it all graduates within a year or two of each other. Uh, that The idea is, is that young talent that you've graduated sticks with your roster for the next three, four, five years while this – the low end of that talent pool that is going to continually rise up through the minor league system over the next couple of years and develop, you know, we've got a lot of these young pitchers, some of them prep pitchers that are coming up, uh, prep position players are going to be rising up through the system in the ranks, you know, and then you've got, you know, guys like Yoel, Yoelki who are, uh, you know, not currently ranked, but could end up being uh, ranked up pretty well. Uh, and then, you know, there's still talk of uh, Oscar Cola signing during the next uh, international uh, signing period. Uh, these are all guys that, you know, could fill in the ranks behind this last crop of talent that just graduated. And, you know, maybe by the time some of these contracts come up, some of these younger guys that are down at the bottom of the farm system now, down at the bottom of the, you know, or in the, at least in the middle of the, the, the White Sox top 30 prospects are going to, you know, rise through that. You might end up with some stars along the way as they develop and uh, they'll be ready to fill in those holes as some of these guys, uh, you know, have to walk away. <laughs> I don't know what, uh... yeah, you walked, man. You walked. Go ahead and take, take your base, take your base. Uh-uh. Crochet coming in, throwing high and wide. He's still throwing 96 miles an hour. It's 
I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you seen, uh, have you been paying attention at all? I know, uh, Sean Williams from, uh, future socks is down in Arizona and he's been, uh, posting some video of West Cath and, uh, Colson Montgomery. Have you seen any of that at all? I did get a chance to see, well, maybe I shouldn't say the hit, but I did get a chance to see West Cath swing the bat on his first hit. Unfortunately, the camera work just kind of got him swinging the bat and leaving the batter's box. Yeah. But uh, I did see a little bit of something. Oh, that was, uh, that was uh, Prospect, Prospect World W, I believe. It's like Prospects Worldwide or whatever. That was not okay. that Sean. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I saw the same one. Um, I tell you what, man, those left-handers, uh, they have some nice swings and they made some, they, they're making some solid contact down there in the, uh, the, uh, anterior no. cruciate lig, uh, uh, anterior cruciate ligament league or whatever it is. I don't know. Um, well, every but, time uh, it just makes me cringe. It just yeah, makes me cringe. Silly may take off season work to get his velo back. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you think that that's what the issue is, I mean, I, I, at this point, I still don't know whether they're telling him that they want him to keep his velo down or whether it's uh, that his, you know, he's still got issues from uh, from that game in Oakland last year where he had that uh, that forearm issue. I mean, is that still a thing or is that, uh, you know, I know he said that he's that he's healthy, but uh, he says he's healthy. And I'm still watching him throw 96, you know? And uh, yeah, uh, even if he's not rearing back and firing, um, if you're throwing 103, if you're not rear back and, you know, rearing back, you should be like cruising at 98, 99, fairly, fairly easy. You know? And I've seen him, I've seen him get up to 80 or 98, you know, a handful of times in the last couple of weeks, but it's not every pitch. Yeah, you know, and we watched we watched this kid last year throw a hundred plus nearly every fastball he threw. So, uh, you know, it doesn't sound like a huge drop off. You know, you're talking about ninety six, ninety seven miles an hour, and you know, a few years ago that was you know that was big stuff. But uh, when half the game is throwing you know ninety five and above and and close to triple digits. Uh, you know, that, that guy who can throw 103, 104, 105 becomes an absolute gem. So to see him not doing that, I don't, you know, I don't know. There it is. We, There's the K. There's a White Sox winner. Yes, Sox win. Ivan Latala, 7-4. Ivan, good to see you. Thanks for stopping in. Appreciate it. Um, oh, I am having chat issues again today. I have not seen really? a single chat. For something oh, there I go. completely I, different. I just <laughs> I've a lot 74. Yeah, that's the first thing I've seen in chat all night. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, yeah. I did just do a refresh, so. Yeah. yeah. Sorry uh, guys if I haven't responded. Uh I just can't see what you're saying. Yeah. It wouldn't be a White Sox daily live stream if there wasn't some sort of technical issue. Some sort of technical issue. issue, absolutely. Um so uh, I did have something I was going to bring up, um, and I'm completely spacing. Uh, we were talking about Garrett Crochet and a White Sox win. Yeah, it wasn't no. about him. Uh, I got uh, I got sidetracked. You know, I see I start seeing uh, 
start seeing Crochet blowing guys away with 96, which, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten touched up at 96 a few times this year. He has. I mean, I you know, it's kind of one of those things that, like, uh, it's not uh, – the, the good thing is is that uh, that his 96 miles an hour – isn't like the uh, the Zach Birdie 97, 98 miles an hour where it's straight as narrow. You know, there is a little bit, there is a little bit of movement there at least. You know, right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, I just figured out who Ivalot is. What's yeah. up, Ivan? Yeah. Ah, it took me a moment. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, you know, I had to put that together. Yeah. It's uh, so... it's, it's it's Monday. It's Monday. So, yeah. Um, let me think. Try like I, I can't. I I completely spaced what I, I had. So I had I had a direction, and it was a good direction, and I completely lost it. Sitting here watching uh, watching the end of the game. Yeah, it's now Monday. It's gone. Um, it's yeah, it'll come back somewhere. Uh. I guess one thing we can talk about here is uh, so Gavin Sheets back in AAA. Um, Jake Berger also in AAA, uh, but he's on the uh, he's in the IO with a hand injury list with yeah with a hand. Um, you have Luis Gonzalez released. Um, He'll be back. Yeah, Billy will be coming back soon. Um. I'm hearing Grandal's looking pretty good, uh, swinging the bat already. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was hitting uh, bleacher bombs, um, yesterday, uh, taking batting practice. Sent uh, seven Zella. That's uh, that's Dan, right? Yeah, that's Zeller. Yeah, we recognize you. We Um, know who you are. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get Zeller. Yeah, he uh I I I retweeted a uh a video of uh Grandal going from home to first looking as uh close to Usain Bolt as ever. Uh oh, spry indeed. Yeah, uh fast. Um said no one ever of Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, no. I think he's got uh, like a four speed on uh MLB the show, six speed, something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, it's uh single it's digit. A zero this year. It was Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, it was uh, it was a six last year. Uh, yeah, something like that. Something something ridiculous like that. Um but uh yeah he actually he looks uh he looks fairly healthy. I saw him uh doing like uh some catching drills um going from uh squat to standing you know like uh going around and Hot times. yeah more or less and uh you know he looked uh looks fairly decent you know he was popping up quick wasn't uh didn't seem to be laboring at all so he should be back uh fairly quick so again yeah i'm hearing the, the talk uh, is uh is a short rehab stint for him not yeah. very long at all yeah like a week or something so, so yeah. here's the question is that when that's up you know, mm. we've had this we've had this conversation before. Um, are they keeping Zavala as a def? You know, granted he did have a what a three home run game, and he's had a you know he had a single tonight. Uh, he's he's more like he's a glove glove first catcher. 
you know, despite his uh despite his you know, three home run game, blah blah blah, you know, he's a glove first catcher. Do you keep the glove for the glove first catcher who's right-handed or uh do you take the uh the left-handed catcher who I might add uh you know, whose bat has not progressed like most people had hoped. Um, you know, he's still a fairly decent uh, on-base percentage because he does take walks, and he does have power, so his OPS is halfway decent. But, um, you know, because well, he's from the That's not to say that uh, Sebi doesn't have power as well. Oh, no, he uh, does for sure, but he's right-handed, right. which we've got a lot of right-handed bats. Um that's the the one good thing about uh, ne- might not have to necessarily worry about that as much with Grandal coming back because then you get a switch hitter, um, and you've also you know you're probably going to be bringing Sheets back up and Lambs around so you do have left-handed bats. Um, All right, and then now to, what about uh, Billy? Billy is well, he is he going to stay on one side of the plate or is he going to uh, is he going to switch hit? What's the deal with that? I can't is, imagine uh, that they move him uh, back to switch hitting. I mean, he's been doing halfway decent. I mean, not you know, not great, you know, as a uh, right-handed hitter only. But you know, he's had some some decent hits and he's not striking out as at his uh, you know insane clip that he did when he was a switch hitter. Right. And then the other side of that as well is, you know, obviously as good as he's been. Yeah. yeah, As good as he's been for the Sox, you're probably not going to see him in the lineup uh, too often. Uh, He's going to be a defensive replacement, a pinch runner. You know, he's going to be the guy on second in in an extra inning game type of deal. So, yeah, I get that. Uh, But to answer your question. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. What yeah, was that? I, and just Ivan says Sebi's Sebi is greater than Collins, and I'm not. Uh, yeah, well, I got at this. Point, I got to say, as of right now, you know, um, especially with some of the pitchers we got, we have just so much movement on some of their pitches. You know, we seen Dylan drop uh, sliders a foot in front of the plate yesterday. I had guys swinging on I, three or four different strikeouts were on a slider that didn't even make it the full, you know, 60 feet, six inches swing and miss. Uh, you've got Lucas Giolito who has got a pretty awesome slider and is, was throwing the curveball effectively tonight too, which we don't always see from him. Uh, you know, that's kind of like his fourth pitch when he's got the, uh, the slider and the changeup working, you know, you don't see a whole lot of that curveball, but he was driving it in there for strikes and it looked really nice. Uh, and it's got a lot of movement on it. So I, I almost would rather see the defensive catcher because there have been some snafus behind the plate this season a few times defensively. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you, you know, know what? Honestly, Sebi's, Zach Collins has done a few of them. So. Yeah, he has. This is true. This yeah. is true. He had one just the other day that was kind of oof, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, Zach Collins is just not he's not putting a bat on the ball. Yeah, he walks. His OPS isn't bad because he hits a dinger here and there, but I feel like, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to do this thing, let's, uh, let's find out what Sebi's got at least for the next couple of weeks, because, you know, come early September, the rosters are going to expand. And I would imagine they'll put a third catcher on the roster uh, when they move up to 28. But, you know, that's just me. I don't think, 
that they're going to add another bullpen arm being that, you know, when you get into the playoffs and you're starting pitching rotation might go down from five to four and then four to three, when you get real deep into the playoffs. So you're going to see some of those arms shuffle into the bullpen. Uh, we've got seven, six or seven outfielders on the team right now. And then, you know, you still got Billy Hamilton who who's going to come back, uh, and you're going to probably find a roster spot for him when they expand rosters because, like you said, you want that guy with the wheels to come out and be a defensive replacement and a base dealer and an extra innings runner. Uh, so, yeah, I would think that, you know, you probably maybe find a spot for that third catcher. But if neither one of these guys are hitting, maybe you don't. I, it, it's, again, another one of those tough calls that I'm glad I don't have to make. But as of right now, like I said, with the pitchers that are out there throwing the ball the way they are, and Zach Collins not really producing at the dish the way we had hoped, let's give Zebby a chance for the last couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the Tier 1 sub to Grimtall. Thank you. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, Grimtall. Thank you, sir. I miss that. Um, yeah, so Seven uh, Zella says I'm on the Collins hype train. <laughs> I'm off the Collins hype train. Sorry. Uh, his defense is bottom of the league. You know. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, I, I agree. He Yeah, he lost his. Uh, he, he seems to have lost favor. And uh, I don't know. You know, like I, I had hope for him. And. Uh, we all did. Yeah, it just has. It's. Uh, well, a lot of people were like, ah, he sucks. You know, and, uh, you know. I, I was let's the first person bring to the say, Urminator back. Let's let's put Urminator behind a dish. I mean, he at least throw some guys out. I don't know about he might not be able to catch the ball all that great, but he can throw some guys out. He's got a cannon back there. <laughs> yeah, Collins Maybe. is not a White Sox daily subscriber, so he does indeed suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Collins. You know, like. Uh, I, I was on the uh, I was on the Collins train because uh, his on base percentage was always really good. He had power uh, and he showed you know he had he looked better in AAA, but I will say that uh, it seems that the last year I'd say he's probably gotten worse behind the plate and his bat has not. It's I, I would say his bat's actually gotten worse as well. Um, now you can, uh, also bring up, uh, the fact, uh, the lack of at bats, uh, made available to him by, uh, one, uh, Ricky Renteria, um, who, uh, you know, for everybody saying how much of a, uh, clubhouse, you know, how good he was for the clubhouse, um, Certainly didn't seem to be good, uh, you know, as a rebuild manager, didn't seem to really um, foster much development in uh, a bunch of the uh, the young guys, you know. Um, well, Sleepy Rick has, uh, yeah, he didn't, uh, well, you know, he got your mean that one at bat. He got Collins, you know, I don't know, seven or eight. <laughs> so uh, uh, Grimtall says you'd be a better catcher than uh zach collins oh i don't know about that i'm a lefty uh you know i might have a difficult no time lefty catchers that's true there isn't i i want to say uh, i was watching something the other day that said that there hadn't been like a lefty 
started in catcher that had done like more than like 60 innings in a year since like 1883 or something like that. Sounds about right. Yeah, there was like one guy with the Pirates in like the uh, 70s, I think, that did like 50 innings or something like that one year. And he was the last one for like years and years and years. Sounds about right. Well, you know, you got a guy in the right-handed batter's box crowding the plate, and you got a left-handed catcher. He's going to try to throw out runners. He's either going to have to step into the left-handed batter's box and make that throw, or, uh, you know, you're going to have a lot of batters getting hit in the dome with a ball from hey, right behind. You got to get out of the way, right? Point, point blank range, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, taking one to the ear hole is going to take on a whole new meaning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ugh, man. Uh, Yerminator went out of style faster than those City Connect jerseys. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's fairly accurate. I'm not a fan of those. Uh Never was. Somebody that's in chat, they might be a a fan of those jerseys, but uh yeah, I'm not really into it personally. Yeah, it just just wasn't my thing. You know what it reminded me of? And and you guys don't beat me up for this, but I'm a I'm a kid of the nineties, you know, graduated high school in the in the middle nineties. Uh and uh you know, that whole old English thing was uh was a as a bit of a uh, a little bit of a gangster move back in the day. Kind of, hey, yeah. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dog them too much. They're kind of cool looking. They're just not for me. Yeah, no. It's it's that's the thing. Is it's it's not. Uh, I'm not their target audience either. Let's let's be clear about that. Is that uh, I'm not the target audience for those jerseys. And uh, uh, there was a time like 30 years ago, you might get shot just for wearing that jersey. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, you uh you go around and like uh go to you know, go downtown in like uh Cabrini Green area in like nineteen ninety three and you're getting shot for sure. Uh you know, you go down there in a City Connect uh Sox jersey wearing a pair of uh Jordan threes and you're gonna get shot and your <laughs> shoes are gonna get stolen. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kinda of funny. I I shouldn't say this, but I know somebody who got jumped. On an alley, on the, in an alley, on the way home from, well, they found him in the alley anyway. On the way home from uh, the uh, good old St. Rita High School. He was on his way home and uh, transferred buses at the beautiful corner of 63rd and Western. And uh, they found him in the liquor store without his uh, starter jacket or his Jordans. Bloodied up pretty good. So, yeah, hey, that's kind of what that reminds me of back in the day. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, Yeah. Ripper. Nice. <laughs> Old English, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, for those of you who are uh, not privy to uh, the uh, technical death metal scene, uh, the singer of uh, Black Dahlia Murder has uh, heartburn across his uh, across his stomach uh, in Old English lettering, and it's a uh, it's a funny tattoo. Um, yeah, so. Uh, what do you got? You got anything good? <laughs> yeah, no. No, all right. <laughs> um, I mean, we can uh, we can talk about beating on the Cubs only so long, you know. Uh, I feel like we've pretty much touched on uh, all the moves and whatnot. Uh, we touched a little bit on the minor league system. Uh, oh, I do have a question that I put out 
to the chat last week. Uh, and I'm kind of curious to see if anybody actually did any of their homework. Uh, <laughs> if you guys remember us here at uh, White Sox Daily Live have uh, recently become Twitch affiliates, which means we are privy to making our own emotes for the chat. And uh, I, I told you guys to come up with some suggestions. So uh, I'll give you a couple moments to uh, go ahead and type those out if you got them. If not, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with the one that I suggested. And, uh, you know, recently we saw Jose Abreu get hit in the ear hole, as I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, and I talked to our very own Mr. Eradicator, Ian Eskridge, uh, about doing a cutout of a Tony LaRusa running emote. So kind of hoping maybe you guys, uh, you guys come up with something pretty good here. No, I have to come up with something. Uh, so as far as uh, yeah, it's uh, I feel really good about watching uh, watching the White Sox just beating the crap out of the Cubs and Twins right in order. You know, at least at least yeah. game one of the Twin series that is uh, that is fantastic. And as far as the Luis Gonzalez thing goes, it has uh, you know, yeah, obviously it has something to do with his with his injury that he got released, but it has nothing to do with the severity in, of the injury. It more has to do with the uh the 40 man spot that it opened up by by uh releasing him. Um right. And being with, that he uh, is injured, he he's yeah. pretty much safe from being stolen by someone else. So uh chance I I think he does resign. I don't have any animated ones. I thought I had uh, animated ones. Saying that he no, needs a better TTV emote that's animated. I thought I, I thought I had put some on there. Yeah, I got. Uh, let's see, there's that. Yeah, I got that one. Who's ready for Field of Dreams? I want to see some Eloy Taters fire that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will be held to under five homers in one game. I, I feel uh, fairly confident in agreeing with that, that he will be held under five home runs in the Field of Dreams game. I'd say that that is a uh, – if I was going to do the uh, over-under, you don't see that one? Hmm. Four into the cornfields. Yeah, yeah, I, I got to say, like, uh, the way that they did the field, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, it doesn't look, obviously, doesn't look like the movie because the movie sets, like, on the opposite side of the uh, the property or whatever. Um, TBH, I have not uh, looked and seen what the field actually looks like. I just saw the, uh, the artist renderings when they were in the process of uh, getting ready to do that. Uh, is anybody, I assume that... Uh, Nobody is actually going to the game. I know that. Uh, I know that uh, some of the admins in the uh, White Sox exclusive were they did get tickets, uh, and I think that they really? are. Yeah, I think they're using them. I do not believe that they are uh, selling them, but I could be wrong. I guess I could ask, but um, God, if I wasn't uh, if I wasn't racing this weekend. Uh... I would say if I got my hands on those, I would definitely be going. But uh, I will be gone Thursday through Sunday night. So uh, I'm hoping that uh, wherever I go, I get some uh, decent internet so I can catch the game. Otherwise, uh, I'll be watching it in the DVR four days late. 
there's that. Yeah, so uh, yes, he did say racing. He drives a race car. I do. I do. I drive. Uh, I do some endurance racing. I drive a beautiful 1996-97 Lincoln Mark 8 in uh, a 24 Hours Lemons Racing Series uh, endurance racing. 16 hours of racing over the course of weekend. Good times. Uh, you can check out 24 Hours Lemons on YouTube, and I'll just leave that at that, giving uh, plugs to my racing league. <laughs> on the White Sox Daily Live uh, live chat. Live hey, man, stream. that's what we're here for, you know? Yeah, so shameless it's, plugs. It's a f- free platform for you to uh, to bring up all of your uh, all of your racing stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, so, back to baseball. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Aloy's defense, we've seen him in the outfield a couple of times. He's actually not looked that bad. Oh, let's not jump the gun. Small sample is all I'm going to say. Yeah. But he but... has, he has done some things out there that were, but let's just, I'll just, I'll go ahead and use the word impressive. I mean, I won't, I, I won't even go that far. I, it's not impressive. How about this? I'm not impressed with him not being an idiot. Well, I guess maybe I'm just easily satisfied. <laughs> no, I, I I'm satisfied. Like his his. Uh, are you not satisfied? Yes, I am satisfied with his defense. You know, his defense has been, you know, I mean, not great, but uh, you know, like uh, he played that ball off the wall at uh, at uh, the ivy covered piss pot the other night, <laughs> and uh, he actually, I mean, he played it pretty decent. You know, um, he didn't overrun it, didn't uh, crash into the wall at. Uh, 18 miles an hour or 17, 15 miles an hour, however fast he runs. Didn't um, try to hang from the basket. Did not try and slam dunk a baseball into the basket and injure, his, injure himself. Um, I got to say is that if he continues to play defense like that, I'm not mad if he's out there all the time. And he wants to be out there. He's made that abundantly clear that he does not want a DH. So... Assuming that, uh, you know, he can manage to not be a complete idiot, um, keep him in left field. If he if he plays that kind of defense where it's not like, uh, you know, uh, self destructive. Do you th- do you think it's possible? I, I mean, know. I guess it's possible. But do you think uh, do you think maybe he's turned a corner now because uh, you know? A light bulb went off. He's been injured a couple times out there, uh, and he's looked like a fool. You know, of his own, he's 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 at his own demise. You know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe what we were hoping for last year, after we saw him do some really dumb things out there. Do you think maybe he's kind of learned from his mistakes and said, okay, you know, uh, it's time to be a little more serious and take my position a little more seriously? Is it, you think that's something that could have happened? Well, I mean, they, uh, you know, uh, Ivan says the same thing. He says that uh, Eloy must have been working on his defense when he was out. And, uh, you know, Seven Zell says the same thing. I like Eloy and left, think he looks better. Just keep the, 
dumb stuff to a minimum, you know? I mean, I have to agree, you know? It's like if you can manage to not kill yourself while you're out there, then it's more or less, you know, what we were hoping for from the from the beginning, you know? When we were talking about this in the off season before before this season, you know, before he went out and uh did his uh Shaquille O'Neal impersonation on the wall out there and then tore his his uh his peck off, you know? Uh so the playoffs start tomorrow. Engel is the fourth outfielder, Vaughn in right field. This is actually, you know, Grimtall, you bring this up now. I was this was next on my list. Okay. So seeing what you have gotten from Brian Goodwin and seeing how uh just from my outsider's view, um, what appears to be a uh, an emotional, um, a cheerleader, you know, like type vibe, uh, very very good clubhouse presence uh, that seems to uh, get guys fired up. So, Goodwin. Uh, Engel, you've you've obviously Engel is the better defender. I know he played misplayed a couple of couple of balls the other day, but Engel historically is the better defender. And if you look at his OPS from this year against lefties and righties, the splits are even. And I want to say the OPS is somewhere in the nine nine hundreds. Um. What do you do? And, 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 you know, also Hamilton as well, you know? So <laughs> I think that we're going to have to go. I'm going to have to try and figure out somewhere where I can make like a, uh, a drag and drop roster for the playoff roster and see what we can come up with for this whole thing because there are going to be so many you know there's just so many little things and so many guys doing so many things when other guys are gone that when some of these guys are coming back can you really just toss these guys aside if they're doing uh you know doing good work for guys that are backups i mean like at this point we know like Larry Garcia since the all-star break is like a th- 35 WRC plus. So he is 65% worse than an average baseball player. Now I understand that he plays infield positions and that he's useful in that, in that, uh, that sort of way. But I mean, like at what point do you just say that it's not working out and he's just eating up a roster spot? But then again, you know, we got 800 outfielders, <laughs> which is a problem that we never thought we'd ever have. It just, we didn't think we were going to have that problem this season. You know, going into the season, we didn't think we were going to have that problem this season, even with the uh, penultimate uh, offseason signing of uh, Mr. Adam Eaton. <laughs> I, I compl- you know what? Until you mention it right now, I, I forgot that he was ever here. You know, I mean, like if I thought back on it, I would remember that he was here. But 
I haven't thought about him in uh, weeks. Well, as you probably shouldn't, uh, yeah, the, no you know, to. you're well, you're welcome for that tidbit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we didn't think we were going to have the, the kind of issues, uh, uh, good issues of having serviceable outfielders ready to plug and play pretty much all season long. Uh, so, you know, again, kudos to Rick Hahn for that, but, uh, you know, let's be honest. I mean, Billy Hamilton's having a, you know, a career year for himself, you know, even though he's been on the, you know, the IL three or four times now. Uh, Brian Goodwin said the other day that this is the most fun he's had in a season. Uh, and I just saw, I think it was Grimtall said that uh, Billy Hamilton and Brian Goodwin are peas in the pod. And I, I'm, I mean, yeah, sort of, kind of, except, you know, that uh, Brian Goodwin doesn't run that great. He's, you know, he's okay, but he's not, uh, he's not Mr. Speed Damon. Uh, but definitely a, a solid defender. In right field and has swung the bat really well for, you know, what you were getting for him for, you know, and that was to be the backup to a backup at this point. And, you know, when he comes up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to uh, it's tough to part ways with some of these guys that are, you know, have been cogs in the wheel that have kept this team rolling even when the offense has struggled. And, you know, we talk about a team that's gotten more uh, runs out of its eight and nine spots than any other team in baseball this year. And it's a, a lot of that has to do with these guys that have come up, the next man up, guys. Um, But I think going into the playoffs, you know, you can't carry seven, eight outfielders. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, as much as we talk about Leary Garcia kind of just falling off a cliff since the All-Star break, he unfortunately is the only guy that can play at every other position in the infield that's on this roster right now. It sucks. <laughs> it really, you know, it really, I mean, really if you get sucks. a if you get a Yoan go down or a Cesar Hernandez go down, who's going to fill those holes? Well, Jake Lamb you know can I mean? play third, so at least there's that. I mean, not that that's any great shakes, but you could also bring up Jake Berger as well, third baseman. Um, you have, you know, you at least have a little bit of. Uh, you know, a little bit of wiggle room there. Second base, on the other hand, that I that's going to be a tough one to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you've got, you know, and it, God forbid if if Timmy, you know, gets himself a case of turf toe or something out there. You know, you're talking about trying to fill in holes at, at second and short, and uh, you know, we know Berger and Lamb can't can't handle those spots, so. Yeah, it, it, as unfortunate as it is, uh, I think Leury is probably going to be here through the end of the season. You know, it's just they, and and let's be honest. I mean, Sox have shown him a lot of love over the years. You know, he fills a lot of holes, uh, not many of them extremely well, but uh, he does fill a lot of holes. So, yes, um, yeah. I mean. I've got uh, a thought on that. Uh, so a, a move that I thought was kind of uh, kind of bizarre at the time that it happened, but uh, Laz Rivera got promoted up to uh, AAA Charlotte, and he's been doing pretty well. Um, also, you have Matt Reynolds in AAA, who's you know not been great, but he's at least been uh, 
marginally decent. I don't think that, uh, and he's got more power than Larry does. So there's that as well. I don't okay. know. I think that there's uh, there there are a couple options, and you know they they might not be the most uh, exciting options per se, but uh, there there are at least some options. And like, I don't know, man. If if uh, if Laori just keeps on going uh, farther and farther, uh, you know, off the off the map with. Uh, you know, his stats, at what point do you just cut bait? I mean, it's like, uh, Yolbert, Yolbert is, uh, is on a hot streak here lately. Yeah. But he's just, I mean, he just moved to double a, so he did, he did. I'm just, I'm just yanking chains now at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, he's, he's played at a decent level in, in Cuba. So, I mean, there, it's not that far off, but you know, I mean, he just got to double a, so it's kind of, I don't think that you know that I'd want to bring back Yolmer. Well, unfortunately, Yolmer is on the uh, uh, Gwinnett Stripers, the uh, Braves AAA team, and he keeps on hitting home runs against the Charlotte Knights. Uh, I think he's hit like three home runs off the Charlotte Knights in the last like month. It's uh, every time I see like it, I'm the only like, three what that is he's going hit? on here. Um, the ghost of Alex Rios. Ugh. Awful. Yeah, uh, gets anxiety every time he sees Vaughn and Eloy in the same outfield. And, uh, yeah, I, you know what, though? I mean, Vaughn, to me, when I watch Vaughn play outfield, I feel like he knows his place. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't he, – he's not out there trying to be, uh, you know, Vince Coleman, Ricky Henderson – you know, like he's not trying to be a plus defender. You know, he's not trying to uh, be anything crazy. You know, uh, he's just out there doing the doing the job, and it seems to me that uh, that it's it's working out pretty well. You know, I mean, uh, I would not call him a spectacular outfielder. However, uh, I don't I don't get uh, a crazy amount of anxiety. Just you know, like certainly not how. Uh, Certainly not how I feel about you know Aloy playing the outfield because like I watch him play and I think that he's you know something <laughs> hey, bad's he's gonna happen. He's Aloy, but you know uh, and I'll I'll say that I have a little I have a little egg on my face because I gave uh, the White Sox Tony La Russa and Andrew Vaughn a little bit of grief early on in the season about Andrew Vaughn playing left field. Uh, and let's be honest, you know, spring training, you know, the last week, week and a half or whatever it was where they, uh, decided to throw him out there in place of Aloy. And he was the, you know, the starting left fielder on opening day. He didn't look good at all. I mean, he looked just out of sorts. He was plodding around out there like a, uh, you know, like a plow horse, you know, he, he didn't have his feet under him yet. And, uh, I gotta say he made some adjustments and he's really, you know, I will. He surprised me a little bit. He looks comfortable enough to man his position, whether it be right field or left field. Feel more comfortable with him in left field, obviously, than right field. But uh, he made a couple of plays out there yesterday uh, on the north side that, uh, you know, maybe he made them look a little bit nicer than they were 
because you know some other outfielders might have taken better routes or been a little bit faster to the ball, gotten better jumps. But either way, he's made some catches that uh, I did not expect him to make in early in the season. So I'll uh, I, I'll I'll get off his back and I'll say that I was wrong about him, you know, early on. And yeah, he uh, he does. He stays in the pocket and uh, he feels his position. He's serviceable, but I wouldn't say he's much more than that. But the bat plays, the bat plays yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's like over like his last like uh, fifty at bats or something like that. He's hitting like four fifty or something, something insane. Um, I think maybe it was four twenty five. But he, 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 you know, regardless, it's he's doing well. And uh, yeah, I was also, you know, you're right here with me. Um, I was also one of those guys that was uh, really, really worried about him playing out in the outfield. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like a really, uh, bad recipe for a guy who's just coming into the league, you know, going to get his first, you know, at bats above a level baseball, um, to expect him to be able to play a decent outfield seemed like a bad, I mean, being a DH, it seemed like a bad idea. But then adding the outfield on top of it seemed like an even worse idea, and uh, it's ended up. Just, being, yeah, it's uh, just you're dumping a lot on his kid's plate, like you said, hasn't yeah. played above a ball, and uh, yeah, you know he showed out a little bit in Schaumburg, according to some of the guys that were out there, you know, talent evaluators and whatnot, coaches. But uh, you know, they're all supposed to say those things, and you know, we were talking about this in the off season and early in the in in uh, camp, you know we kind of said that that they're supposed to say those things that, you know, Oh, he's impressed. Well, of course you're going to say that because he was your first round draft pick, you know, just a year ago. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I didn't really have high expectations for him. And now, uh, I, it's one of those moments where I'm happy to say I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, really happy that, uh, that he's at least available or, you know, able to at least play a semi-competent outfield. Didn't need anything amazing, you know? I mean, I think that I will say uh, it worked much better in left field than I think it works in right field. Um, You know, having, uh, you know, corner outfield of Aloy and Andrew Vaughn seems like a awful idea. And then, uh, or Brian Goodwin and Andrew Vaughn also seems like an awful idea. It seemed like, you know, it was one of those ideas that was okay when you didn't have any other options. But at this point, with all of these guys coming back uh, healthy, you know, at least there are actual natural outfielders. So uh, that's pretty fantastic that uh, hopefully we can kind of uh, avoid that kind of thing. All right, and Unless like you said earlier, it's, 11 it's, runs it's hard to <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've seen this with this team where ooh, I hope it doesn't happen. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, you know we've seen it with this team where they do that. They come on, score 10, 11 runs, and then they go silent for two, three, four games. So uh, I really hope that doesn't happen against this twin teams when we're playing in, you know, in the division. Uh, but with this comfortable lead and not having to face Barrios, who looks like Cy Young every time he pitches against the White Sox for some reason, uh, you know, maybe uh, 
maybe the, the the Cubs series was a shot in the arm we were looking for, but whatever the case may be, I'm just hoping that we uh, we see this offense continue to uh, do what it's done over the past four games and uh, score some runs, and you know the, the pitching continues to shut some guys out. I think we'll be okay, but yeah. And what's up, Grim Tall? Why why are you busting on my boy El Caballo, man? <laughs> El Caballo yeah. was he wasn't I wouldn't call him a butcher. He wasn't the prettiest left fielder, but he wasn't he was a butcher. Yeah, he's pretty awful. I love Carlos Lee. I, I love that guy, but uh, yeah, uh, between him and Carlos Quentin, those are some pretty yeah. terrible outfielders. But uh, you know, like right I, the bat place, the bat place. I would say that Vaughn is uh, he's probably the same. You know? Comparable, yeah, yeah. He's comparable. I'd say that he's probably in the middle. Uh, but more in between, like uh, Aloy and uh, Carlos Lee, but he's close, close to Carlos Lee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he's better than Carlos Lee. Carlos Lee, at least, was a, you know, played several years of outfield by the time that he got to, you know, to the White Sox. You know, like and that was actually my White next Sox. point was that uh, you know to be able to say that he's comparable to those guys, and you know, he was brought up and drafted as a first baseman. Slash, yeah, well, Carlos know, Lee was a third baseman, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, but Carlos Lee had actually played some outfield before making yeah. his way to the uh, MLB club. Yeah, uh, Andrew Vaughn played like a week of outfield. It was like nine days or something of outfield before coming up. So, Yes, and to yeah. ask, answer Grimtall's question, yes, if you're talking about Carlos Lee, yes, he was a third base, uh, third baseman in the minors. Yeah, and Pedsednik was also – not a good outfielder. Um, he was uh, fast. It's definitely fast, but uh, not a not a terribly good outfielder. Um, I need a noodle for an arm too, man. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Couldn't throw the ball at all. Can who play second? Are, are we talking about Vaughn? Can Vaughn play second? I bet you that he would at least. I mean, he played it once, and it wasn't. I mean. <laughs> It wasn't good, you know. Like, oh, for uh, the people listening on the podcast later on, after <laughs> oh, we trip, oh, yeah, if you could true. see the looks on our faces when some of these questions <laughs> come up, I gotta tell you, man. I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah, Vaughn can play second base. He has played there once this year, and he'll give it the old uh, uh, Cal try. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, he's no Cesar Hernandez, that's for sure. Yeah, no. Cesar Hernandez, <laughs> you said over the shoulder catch earlier today. Oh, uh, the guy's the throwing game? the leather, man. Yeah, Oof. yeah, yeah. He he timed that leap uh, absolutely perfectly. Looked like a ballerina out there a little bit, you know. <sighs> Grimtall says, "I remember sitting in the left field bleachers for the Frank Thomas game in '06, and nothing was worse than watching Makoviak." Rob <sighs> Makoviak. Mako Weak. Yeah, he was uh, <laughs> that guy. Oof. What can't uh, the man do? Yeah, no, yeah. Vaughn, uh, you know, Fegan's made a uh, made a uh, reference to him being the uh, utility player. You know, the White Sox insisting on making Vaughn a utility player. And if he is a uh, utility player, man. You got quite the lineup if that's your utility guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. 
Holy crap. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I also feel like if he's a utility player, something went horribly wrong as well. Uh, you know, there's both sides of that coin there. Well, you know, I but, mean, you know, if he can do it, if he can be serviceable at any position on the field, besides maybe center or catcher, he might even be able to catch. Who knows? I mean, uh, you're spelling all the other guys, you know, giving them all days off. And yeah. like we said, the bad plays, he's, and, he's definitely got a, a pretty swing. Yeah. I mean, think about that is that if, I mean, it's, I know this is stupid because it's a joke by Fegan, but I mean, just think about that. That if Andrew Vaughn is your utility guy and he can actually manage to play all of these positions and he's given guys days off, you know, like every like six days or five days or whatever. And he's actually, I mean, think about that. When, you know, normally if Aloy's taking a day off, you would expect that whoever comes in to take his spot is essentially going to be like half of the value of Aloy. But if it's Andrew Vaughn taking that spot, and that's like that's what you get for your Sunday lineup is Andrew Vaughn in left field instead of Aloy, you know, or something, I mean, you know, like just like uh, you know, him filling in days off. I mean, that's that's insane. I mean, assuming well, that he can do it and play at a decent level, you know. Hey, we give Timmy the day off, and there's Andrew Vaughn playing short, Oof, turning double plays. I think that probably what would happen there is you'd probably move <laughs> Cesar Hernandez over to shortstop and put Vaughn at second base. Okay, but there's uh, Andrew Vaughn playing second base, turning double plays, making so the why turn. Not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? We'll take we'll take one short white guy and replace him with another short white guy over there at second base. Although <sighs> you know, I don't know. If I don't yes. know if the Nick Madrigal and, and Andrew Vaughn are in the same category of short. <laughs> the Red Sox pitch third base to Abreu. Eesh, really? Ugh. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I'd say he's uh, doing a better job at first base. Uh, imagine a utility guy that when Rusa obsesses over you, don't shake your head. Yeah, and uh, you know, like that's the thing is that uh, you know tonight, Larry's in the. You know, and I know everybody in White Sox, uh, social media, White Sox people, you see Lauri in the lineup and you go berserk. But I mean, really, like, how many times are we going to talk about this? I mean, the, the guy's like a 35 WRC plus since the All Star break. I mean, is he really going to get, you know, are you expecting? I mean, I guess. He did have uh what was that uh was it June that he was that he was going bonkers and he actually was like halfway decent. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was June before the All-Star break. Um but yeah, man, it's gotten it's it's ugly. I mean, this is like his uh like his until April last, where everybody was ready to string like him last, up. Yeah. You know? Up until the last four or five games, it's been like June since anybody on the team was going bonkers, really. So yeah. <laughs> uh what is this? 
Larry had to request a day off to get taken out. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> that sounds about that right. Is, Coach, I'm tired. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Yeah, no, that's what I'm that's exactly what I'm saying, Sevenzella. Is like Larry, like he has a spot. You know, he's not he's not a terrible baseball player, but every day in the lineup is a little is a little insane. Um yeah. Something yeah. uh something that I saw come across um the wire the other day is that uh um old friend of the program, uh Chris Sale is expected to make a uh is expected to make a start and come here uh within the next week, I think. Finally back. Yeah. I, I wish him no ill will. Uh i I enjoyed watching him. While he played in a White Sox uniform, hell of a pitcher. Uh, just unfortunate that he's uh, had the injury history that he's had. But uh, you know, he's done some pretty good things for uh, those guys in the the other colored socks over there in Boston. Yeah, yeah, he got him a ring. You know, I mean, I and like, you know, we got Mankata and Kopech in return for we're, him. So I'm, you know, we're gonna I'm not- get us multiple rings. Oh, yeah. we're gonna be like the North Side with the Dynasty. Dynasty. Let's uh, concentrate on winning <laughs> one first before we start talking about a dynasty. Oh, uh, I am not calling anything a dynasty that was all said tongue in cheek. By the way, I yes. am not putting the kibosh or the jinx or any of that stuff on the uh, on the White Sox. I will not. I refuse. I. Uh, that's my disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ventura had to fire himself. Yeah, no, man. This, I will say that uh, I think he wanted the damn job in the first place. To be yeah, honest with you, he had. To they be were like, "Hey, to it." Yeah, like, come on. And then he stayed. Hey, oh, oh, okay. All right, you guys are gonna get me going on a different, whole different tangent here now. Hashtag Hans League, and you know, uh, speaking of. Uh, you know, uh, Rick Hahn and the uh, the White Sox front office brain trust. Uh, I must once again throw up a uh, a solid uh, throw out a solid to uh, Nick Hostetler for uh, his uh, pro personnel acquisitions so far this year because uh, you know one of those uh, like major major issues with uh, previous White Sox teams has always been depth and quality depth, not only from uh, fulfilling from within, which, you know, I will also add that he has just recently been promoted to pro personnel. uh, I think before 2000, I think he got promoted right after 2020, or no, he got he got uh, he got promoted right before two thousand uh, right before two thousand twenty. So he was uh, pro personnel last year and this year, and uh, I did not like the uh, I wasn't you know like a huge Edwin Encarnacion uh, fan of that thing, but I will say that uh, he's done a a pretty stinking solid job of. Uh, filling out this roster with guys that are competent baseball players. So, you know, I know I did it last week. Sure. You weren't and, a huge uh, fan of the Edwin Arcanasian move. 
I, I mean, the, you know, the parrot. Were you were you a little I bit mean, of a fan? I was okay with it. <laughs> I was okay with it, but I mean, you know, it was one of those things where you know, uh, if you watched him the two years before that, every year in September he nosedive, you know, and then he was worthless in the playoffs, and he hit like uh, one twenty five in the playoffs. So. I wasn't a huge fan, but I was okay. You know, like I, I thought it was – how about this? I thought it was an upgrade over A.J. Reed. All right, I'll take that. I'll <laughs> take that, but, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely you'll take that. I mean, you saw remember, the DH for the White Sox for four years where you got – you were lucky, lucky if you got like a, a 40 WRC plus out of all of them combined – you know, in one season, if you added up all their numbers. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess my thing with Edwin Carnacion was when, especially maybe it's even more with Ricky than it was with Edwin and Carnacion. But I remember Ricky saying last year, specifically in a a post-game interview saying that, uh, Oh, you know, Edwin usually typically, typically heats up after a hundred at bats. And it was like 140 at bats into the season. And I'm going, well, we're, you know, 40% beyond that number. And you're still talking about, uh, you know, he's going to heat up because it's typically, you know, come on. He, yeah, you know what? And I, there were a lot of, I 100% agree that Ricky was at least not like he wasn't being stupid, like silly about it. I mean, if you look at his, uh, at his career numbers, like that's 100% true. You know that he was a that he is a that he was a slow starter. It's like every year you would watch and he'd have an awful April every year. But then you know in May he'd start to heat up a little bit, and then by June, July, and August he'd be murdering the baseball. And uh, you know he'd be you know at least years ago he was good in October and you know September and October as well. But the last like. You know, like what, with 2019 and 2018, he was awful in September and October. And he had like uh, August was like his only month where he was actually really, really good. Uh, Ju- uh, uh, was it July and August where like he had great months those two months, but every other month he was garbage. So, you know, when they brought him in here, giving him 100 at bats, the unfortunate thing is, you know, they signed him. For 2020, so given where he the guy, was only going to get two months of it, exactly <laughs> where you're only getting 60 games. So, you know, like, you know, if the guy's going to take, you know, like 40 games, 45 games to finally heat up and finally be ready to play baseball, well, guess what? There's 10 games left in the season now. Sorry, <laughs> you know, you're hitting 140, 143, and it's you know. September going into October and we're going to be playing postseason baseball here in two weeks. So, uh, get to stepping, you know, and yet yeah. he still saw, you know, he still saw at bats in the, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember how many, but he still saw an at bat in the playoffs. At mm-hmm. least. Um, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, your mean gets one at bat. Yeah. And we watched Eloy limp around the dugout. Yeah, you know they were playing that uh, the NFL holdout game with with Aloy out there. You know, oh, he's ready, he's ready to come back in the lineup, and we're gonna let him run around on the field. <laughs> and yeah, then, best 
best friend managers do indeed suck. I will agree with you on that. It's yeah, uh, well, that's yeah. a whole other topic. Yeah, and we'll talk about uh, Joe Madden later. So, uh, yeah, I, I like to the, the way the way I like to uh, refer to uh, Joe Madden is as the uh, the cool dad manager. He's like that manager that, uh, or like he's like that dad that everybody knew, uh, a, f- a friend of theirs or somebody that they knew whose parents would go out and buy him beer. You know, and say, did, like, did you have a did you have a, you have a friend that had a dad that encouraged dick bumping? I don't. That was no. What, what kind of friends no, did you I, have? <laughs> no, 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 no. I was talking about uh, about beer. I don't. I don't know. Uh, okay. All right. All right. Where right. this just, whole thing came from? Well, this, you know, uh, this, Joe this Madden. Thing and... a, this thing took. Uh, this thing went sideways real quick. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like those those guys who uh, you know whose parents would uh, you know furnish the kegs, and they say, "Oh, it's cool. Just put your keys in the hat over here." You know, that's. That's Joe Men to a T. You know, he's like right, the, right. the the one who wants to be friends with all the high schoolers, and it's uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, man, I had to do it. I I couldn't let it go. Yeah, try not I to talk today. I you know what? I'm gonna try and uh, I'll come up with a uh, I'll come up with some sort of an alert uh, an alert box where uh, we get some bumps going on in the background. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, it's coming up to, uh, it's coming up to that hour. It's 11 o'clock. Been on for a couple hours. Uh, had some, uh, some quality white socks talk and, uh, Absolutely. yeah, no, um, anybody got anything else? Uh, but I think that, uh, we're going to call it for the week. Um, I think we're going to have to have like some sort of a, uh, probably have like some sort of a minor league type deal soon. Like, you know, like a, at least like a, at least like a 20 minute thing, you know, and go through all this stuff. Cause I know, you know, like I know future socks is having like, uh, they're doing their top 30. Um, probably talk to, uh, gonna talk to, uh, Jasper at some point and see if we can get him to, uh, Show his pretty face on here. Um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Mister Jasper Aruz is a uh, he's a he's a an overseas sports uh, commentator, and uh, he's a friend of the show. So uh, he's a big White Sox fan. We'll get him on, and uh, yeah, Future Sox. Yeah, does a little bit does a little bit of work with Future Sox. Does some writing for them. So uh, very knowledgeable. And uh, follows the uh, the young guys quite well, so we'll get him on to talk about some of those kids. Yeah, I'll get somebody on. Yeah, huh? uh, I don't know why they showed the replay of Burroughs puking, but it made me laugh. Um, yeah, that was uh, signs you know, of things ha- to come. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, you know, this time he didn't uh, lose his lunch, but all the F- Twins fans lost their lunch. So Oof. there was that. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, WhiteSoxDaily.com. You can find articles by uh, all of our uh, wonderful uh, writers. Uh, you got uh, Xavier, Xavier, and uh, Patrick Flowers, Logan, 
Um, I've thrown something up up there. Danny's throwing something up up there. Yeah, I'm going to have to put guys. pen back to paper here shortly. I haven't written anything in a few months, but, uh, you know, when I when the wedding is over and all that stuff is done, uh, we'll get back to the grind here. Yeah, we'll do something. Um, uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. Um, see all sorts of uh, minor league clips and all that good stuff. Um, White Sox highlights, all that fun stuff, uh, you know, among other things. And, um, yeah, I think there's a Facebook, uh, there's a White Sox daily Facebook group as well. Uh, and again, like I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and plug, I'm going to plug all the hard work of our very own Mr. Ian Eskridge and everything that he does on the, uh, White Sox daily Twitter account. Uh, if you don't get a chance to follow any of the guys that are doing anything in the minor leagues, uh, Ian is, uh, very good at, uh, posting some of the highlights and uh, if you're not catching any of that stuff, you can see video of what our young kids are doing right there on our very own White Sox Daily Twitter page. So check it out if you're not already following us. Yeah, there's uh, – I mean, occasionally you see some stuff from the uh, Knights and the Dash. But, uh, yeah, as far as the uh, the Barons and the Cannonballers go, there's not really a, really a whole lot going on there in the uh, Twitter world. And – Certainly not as much as I put out there, so, you know, it's good. Um, yeah, so uh, I think we'll call that for the evening. Um, thanks for the uh, subscriptions, uh, Mr. Grimtall. And uh, we didn't see Bozy tonight. Um, I'm sure he's probably uh, sitting in a bed somewhere talking about uh, women's pro wrestling, <laughs> That's, uh, as he's apt to do. Um <laughs> If you guys have not seen uh, Mr. Bo's uh, YouTube channel, um, it's worth checking out. It um, is indeed. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I'd like to thank you guys for all stopping in and uh, hanging out and uh, chatting. And uh, thanks, Cubs. Thank you, Cubs. We will talk to you guys next week, same time, nine o'clock p.m. on Monday night. Thanks. Have a good night. Oh,